The News Round on Off The Ball. With Gilles, we don't just play the game, we change it. Gilles, made of what matters. This is News Talk. Pat Nevin will be along on the football show. Lots of interesting games. And Charlotte Dunker will join us. She's been covering the Ronaldo situation, which you would think is coming to a head at Carrington over the next couple of days. Plus, Matt Williams and Jerry Thornley on Monday Night Rugby. There is Leinster Munster to reflect on. Michael Cheka's double jobbing with the Lebanon at the Rugby League World Cup. And Finn Russell cut from the Scottish squad as well ahead of the November internationals catching the ice. So Matt Williams and Jerry Thornley with us after 8 o'clock. 53106, the text number. We are at Off The Ball on Twitter. Michael McCarthy is with us here in the studio. Hello to you. Hello, Joseph. And Richie McCormack. Good evening. Joe, how are you? Yeah, very well. So Mick, this uh, Sky Sports News uh, broke this afternoon. Yeah. And uh, catches the eye for uh, numerous reasons. 2014, a long time ago now, the uh, relationship started. Controversial one at its inception uh, for uh, Manny and the GA family. Never uh, popular, to say the least, to be behind a paywall. But I think uh, found its groove very much and and the coverage uh, was a genuine alternative to RTE. And now suddenly, as they kind of hit their straps, you feel as a Mm. a production team in many ways and... and, uh, well, it's over uh, just yeah. like that, it seems. So, and, and at a time where I know there is the condensed season that's been cited as one of the reasons, but there are more games to be shown than ever before. Than ever before, so, uh, yeah. Here we are. It's very interesting, isn't it? Because we're, we're hurtling towards a new rights deal, you know, in the next day or two, I think. And I think there was an assumption from all parties and even from like, you know, the some of the information we've gotten that Richie will go through in a few minutes. That, uh, that includes Sky and the GEA, that we were going to, at least in terms of broadcast partners, remain largely the same, and we'll see where we go in terms of the details of who gets what. But the fact that Sky were out, I think, has come as a surprise, I think, to possibly everybody involved from the way we understand it. You know, so where does that leave us? I'm not sure. But I do think it's a, I do think it's a loss. You know, I mean, we can talk about what's going to come next. Um, but in terms of, like, take the pundits alone. We've we've been bemoaning, or not even bemoaning, the fact that just pointing out the fact that RTE have lost almost everybody off their coverage this year for one reason or another, be it retirement or going into management. And uh, on Sky, I feel like they have that pundit team has really evolved into where I think like Peter Canavan, for example, could be the best GA voice on television at the moment. Jim McGuinness obviously is Jim McGuinness and. He's always been brilliant. Kieran Donaghy is on there, you know, and then on the hurling side, like Jamesy has made, you know, that screen his own in a way that's like absolutely phenomenal. He is so brilliant on that hurling coverage. And then JJ and Ollie back him up really well. Is that like, you know, they've got a good style to them and also a very recognisable one. You kind of know what you're getting if yeah. you've got a hurling or football match on, on Sky and that's kind of gone. And RT don't have that. RT have a very much more, you don't know who you're getting when you tune in. And some, some days... That can be a good thing, and other times it's like again, it's not in terms of appointment viewing. It's not the same. Mm. I did. I, by the way, the James innovation of at halftime showing the average positions on the pitch, things like that, were yeah. really welcome and really good. So last year, just to uh, put it, the numbers and facts out, so RTE showed thirty-five championship games last year. Seventeen of them were hurling, eighteen football. So RTE thirty-five championship games. Sky showed twenty. Now of those twenty. There were 14 exclusive. The 
two finals in hurling and football and the four semi-finals were in both channels so yeah. 14 exclusives so it was 29 and 14 if you kind of divide them up over where you couldn't see else, uh, yeah. in terms of exclusive games yeah. it seems I mean off the balls uh, general understanding is that Sky were looking to show more games next year they were looking for 16 exclusive championship matches so that'd be up from 14 uh. and to show 16 league games as well and it seemed neither of which was possible in the eyes of the GEA and so a deal hasn't been reached and that's where we are. The reporting is that Premier Sports and Virgin seem unlikely at the moment. There uh, was a report in one piece I read of the BBC upping its coverage and I don't know, given the extra games on next year, this shortened, condensed season as it may be, there are more games on. Is GEA Go so suddenly going to become the centrepiece where you yeah. tune in to catch the majority of the games? Is that where we're headed? I don't know about the majority. I would li- I, I would imagine that Ortiz offering would go up. I'm interested. I haven't heard anything about TG Carter, and I know that they've been looking to get into the championship a long time. But I do think that there's going to be more games on GEA Go, and I wonder what the reaction will be to that because people have been talking about Sky as a pay-per-view offering for a long time, but it has, it's not pay-per-view. It's pay TV. This would be a true pay-per-view system, and you know the preliminary hurling quarterfinals were on there. We've had games on GEA Go. Uh, over the last couple of years, and it is a no, it, it is actually a very good addition. Yeah. But if it in if if it becomes not an addition and just a part of your watching of the games, if it's like Leinster first round games that wouldn't be shown elsewhere, and it's just that you can't make it to the game, you can pay the same amount to watch it on TV, and it would never have been broadcast otherwise, and they massively expand the amount of live games that they're showing, then I I think that's absolutely fair enough. I think it's a serious question if it replaces Sky's. 14 games and suddenly you're paying 15 quid a game for Leinster finals Munster round robin games in the hurling etc you know like that becomes a very very different conversation then mm. it's very interesting that it was just two games ultimate, well like two championship games that were the crux of it and the crux of this deal breaking down if that happens to be the case and that they wanted more league games but it does highlight uh, something that I guess has come up a lot discussion about the Sunday game and the, the fact that now that Des is gone like the, the whole show needs to be recalibrated the whole way in which the GEA puts forward its uh, media offerings needs a lot of uh, rethinking I was talking about this isn't Alan Quinlan this morning talking about Munster and the way that when once Van Gran and Stephen Larkin went that they needed to go root and branch and discover everything that was wrong there similarly GEA need to really have a look at the antiquated ways in which they sell the rights and which they put forward their own materials because it, I, it's not it's not a 2022 offering to just hand them over hand, hand a certain number of games over to a TV channel or a TV outlet and go here you go and then to not handle the rights properly yourselves and to not handle the coverage that you own yourselves properly and that's something that has been lacking especially in the world of social media and especially in terms of online from their point of view for a while so just to go to look out for somebody else to take those 14 games would be a pretty, I don't know, stilted way of looking at this as, as an approach for them going forward. Mm. Mm. I don't think, just just from what our off-the-ball's understanding is, I don't think it's necessarily just that it's the two games and the difference, or three games, I think it was. I think the GEA were, wanted 13 games, Sky wanted 16, and that like, you would imagine that would have, that could have come to some sort of uh, you know solution. But I think it was also in terms of quality of games. I don't think the GEA were willing to 
um, give any guarantees yeah give any guarantees as to kind of what the selection would be whereas obviously that wasn't the like, case in the past I think as well the initial hope of getting 16 league games then became 8 but again without a guarantee of the quality of league game yeah, and so exactly, yeah. Sky obviously felt well we can't go into this without guarantees I would presume I, to your point Richie I think I'd, like, I, I agree with you in many ways there's the live aspect and how the live games are shown and that's very, very important. And it'll be, it will be interesting to see to what extent are they all on RTE? Do BBC step up and show more? Will GEA go become uh, the, uh, you know, a, a much bigger part of the conversation? But the highlights conversation is, is uh, you know, the big dilemma. Like, I mean, it, we kind of talked about quite a bit last week on the back of Des Cal leaving the Sunday game. That show just has no room to breathe. You know, there are just so many games on now. The season is very condensed. That one highlights show on a Sunday, I think Des Cal said it in an interview over the summer, almost is not fit for purpose. That it's, it's impossible to have a conversation. And you're also asking pundits, I would think, to talk about games they haven't seen at all for two, three minutes tops. No real conversation can break out. You don't really get a great sense of the game because there isn't enough time to show highlights of everything. There's now, you know, a real uh, demand that... Kamogi and ladies football is shown as well in these highlight show shows. So they're, you know, how they tackle that one is also going to be interesting. And I suppose the obvious um, answer is some kind of a midweek show as well, or you know, there's match of the day and match of the day too. Um, but now would be a good time to figure that one out ahead of next year and the new championship format for sure, Rich. Which one are you presenting? I've said I'm doing both or I'm doing none. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, no, all uh, on the live games, yeah. All of that, to be honest with you, all of that because it their their online offering and their their the way they've handled their their uh, their highlights, both in terms of the Sunday game and how much you try and cram into that space, doesn't work in the modern era. And there's definitely scope to do something more with that. There's definitely scope to package their highlights online better than they already do, and that is a way. Because the Sky deal, let's let's not forget, was was spoken about in terms of trying to broaden the audience of GA and trying to maybe get it into UK homes. I mean, let's try before with Channel Four and never worked then. Let's try with Sky, hasn't worked in that respect. The way you do it is not by TV rights deals. The way you do it is by uh, in, in, infiltrating social media in ways that you know canny brands do, um, and that's the way they need to go about it now, rather than just looking at well. Who has the TV deal? Who has the radio deal? Let them have at it, and let's let's cr- just crack on ourselves. They need to be more clever in how they get their stuff and get their product because it is a product. And I know it's ugly to talk about it in those terms, but it's a product. They're selling it in those terms. They need to take care of it mm. in those terms. It needs to make sure that it's presented in the best possible light and has the best chance of the most eyeballs on it. And that's just not the case right now. Yeah, I mean. I, I kind of think regardless uh, and it's, it must be so it's a disappointing day for everybody involved with Sky and the staff and you know like we're thinking of those guys because it's, it's terrible news when something like that happens um, but certainly there is um, the big frustration so yeah the point I was going to say is that the live coverage will be handled somewhere along the line and that's important but I mean I, I definitely have had my fill of highlight shows where I'm I'm listening to pundits who haven't watched a game mm. and they're talking for two, three minutes and just saying things like, oh, well, but you know, like awfully I've always had lovely footballers down the years. <laughs> you know, that's what the chat is for and two it's minutes. it's kind of true no fault of their own because you can't watch it's nobody's fault. Sorry, in Match of the Day, they do it brilliantly. I don't know how they do it sometimes where they have like all of the screens on, all of the games, they've, you know, endless resources and the teams work on each game and they pick stuff out as they go and, and that's just not possible, I think, when there are so many games on across the weekend. But if we could get to a point, 
I mean, how many punditry teams can you roll out across a night? Each of them watch two games each. You can't maybe, do that yeah, either. But it, in, a, but, in a dream but maybe world, maybe it's might. not trying to cover everything on the Sunday, and it is having that sort of selection. And maybe it's a maybe it's a football show on one day and a hurling show on on you know on so, uh, one week a football show on Sunday and a hurling show on the Monday, and maybe it's four pundits. Mm. And maybe they've all watched, you know, two of the games each or whatever, especially in the early stages of the championship. And that would be, I think, the best way to do it. Like, it it, it just, again, because what is it offering us? I know. Because when, when, when I hear Especially it, in GEA, it's well, not like football. You can watch the goals in football and have a sense of something. Totally. If you're seeing a lovely score from someone and they're 15 points down. Yeah. When I hear a pundit saying, well, just based on the highlights, Des. Yeah. That's just no highlights good to me Highlights are off three minutes. Yeah. Like, we... They could have had 25 wides and you saw three lovely points kicked. You know, it's, you, you need someone who's watched the game in full to give any kind of analysis. Yeah. And, and that is very difficult. And I, That's actually not a, a major criticism of the output. That's just, man, it's a difficult reality. Yeah. When there's Absolutely. 10 games across, 15 games across a day or across a weekend. So I don't know. Um, I, I, I just, well, sometimes that, I just that, wonder that, what we're, what we're um, looking for from these shows. Like, it was it so bad maybe when it was like, Strong opinion. Maybe it was strong opinion, and it was like the ga- the non TV game is what we see ten minutes of. They show a little bit of the TV game, and they talk about that because they've all seen it already. Yeah. And then ultimately, we we just see the scores from other games. Like, we I don't kinda, need big long discussions I, I, about. I, I, I think you can kind of go two ways. They've they've and some would say it's to their credit. They've gone down a, rec- a direction of saying, "Well, we're going to do really great analysis," but then the highlight show can't deliver that because of the logistics. Yeah. And what it used to give you, even if it didn't give you cutting edge analysis of every single game, it gave you three big moments, talking points, really strong opinion. Jerry Lucknan talking about the fat legs and the offly lads. You know, these kind of moments, which, you know, just have had maybe had their sell by date. I don't know. But they'd be like, you know, these things are being said and it's strong well, opinion. He's a disgrace. Keenan Neville, like we used, to Neville. Talk about, yeah, yeah. we used to talk about the Irish TV being so far ahead of English in terms of real conversation. Yeah. And it's like we've gone one way. When They're the English have kind of taken leave from us, you know what I mean? We always talked about and Graeme Souness would be sat, sitting there not knowing what was going on on Irish TV. But it was the same in GEA and it was the same in rugby. And we've gone the other way. And maybe that's okay. But we would never have the type of argument that Keenan Neville had on... And people, a lot of people didn't like that show. A lot of people didn't like it. Yeah. I personally think that's as... You know, what else do I want? Do I really want analysis of Manchester United and Chelsea to the nth degree? feel I can get that elsewhere straight after the game I loved it yeah. um, we're not getting that on Irish TV anymore and the GA no no less so than anyone else mm. um, is that wrong or I don't know Like that's a that's a discussion a lot of people will be listening here will say thank God that we had enough of that guff over the years and arguing for the sake of it and certain pundits not letting other people talk yeah. and you know no for sure it's all it gone wasn't, it wasn't everyone's taste at all no no for sure uh, like there's that thing of trying to satisfy everyone as well that's difficult we should press on with the news round it is brought to you which you led in association with Movember effortless shave magnificent Mo you can sign up or donate now at Movember.com so we've touched on the Sky News that was your uh, top story Richie so we've stolen your thunder there however Shamrock Rovers yeah they could well be crowned SSE or Tristy Premier Division champions tonight without kicking a ball anything other than a win for Derry City away to Sligo Rovers tonight we'll see the hoops earn a third straight title elsewhere this evening Shelburne welcome UCD to Talca Park and both of those games kick off at 7.45 both West Ham and Bournemouth are hoping to avoid a third straight Premier League game without a win tonight they meet at the London Stadium and kick off there is at 8pm Tag Furlong yeah, he's a doubt for Ireland ahead of the Autumn Internationals, although Leo Cullen today uh, saying 
uh, something towards the opposite direction of that, saying that his ankle should be okay. Uh, the tight head rolled his ankle in training on Thursday, which led to him withdrawing from the team that beat Munster at the Aviva. Furlong is going to have the injury assessed this week by the Ireland medical staff. Josh van der Flyer, Jameson Gibson Park, and Hugo Keenan will all continue their comebacks under IRFU supervision this week. All Blacks legend Kieran Reid was an interested onlooker at Leinster training today, and head coach Cullen explained his snooping around. Um, well, he was at the game on Saturday, so um, yeah, he was floating around. Um, he has a few different connections um, here. Obviously, Andrew Goodman from the Crusaders, Mike Lalato from the Crusaders as well. Um, Jason Jenkins, they would have played in Japan together in with Toyota for Blitz. So, um, and so yeah, no, there's some good connections there. Obviously, Stewart has done some pieces with Kieran as well. Um, so yeah, no, it was great to have him in the building and just sort of sharing some of his insights into the game. You know, particularly when you have a young group, because you know, for us as as coaches, you can try to message the players, but you know, the level of respect that he has is just at a different level altogether. So. Um, for all that he's achieved in the game, um, you know, won two World Cups, um, so he's a phenomenal player um, and leader. So to have him here sharing some of his insights was a was nicely timed. Now then, Rich John Ryan, welcome back. Yeah, he's back at Munster following his release by Trouble Premiership Club Wasps. The prop only left the province in the summer, but he signed a three-month deal to provide cover for the injured Stephen Archer. Munster have also signed centre Ollie Morris from Worcester. He'll stay until the end of this season. Meanwhile, Tom Ahern, Calvin Nash and Finneen Witcherly have all signed two-year contract extensions with the province. Now, this story around the FAI broke this afternoon. You might fill us in. Yeah, the first came the uh, press release from the FAI saying that they had ended their deal with Jack Sports. But Jack Sports, J-A-C-C, say they're taking legal advice after the FAI terminated its deal with the kit supplier. The FAI only signed a six-year extension with the company in 2019, but they announced today that they're ending the deal, quote, in accordance with the terms of the agreement. However, Jack say they rejected the termination, claiming it is agenda-fueled and malicious. Jack, previously known as Topline, have supplied Ireland's kit since 1994. Uh, in happier news for the FAI, we'll obviously watch that develop and uh, Dan McDonald will be in on the football show tomorrow so he might fill us in on some of those uh, details. The kickoff times for Ireland's World Cup matches uh, announced and they're good. They will suit the, um, the uh, viewing public over here, which is always the concern when you're on the other side yeah. of the world. Uh, yeah, very, very palatable considering what they could have been. The kickoff times confirmed for Ireland's matches in Australia next year. The opening game against the hosts in Sydney will kick off at 10 a.m. Irish time. That's on July 20th. The second group match against Canada, that's in Perth, has a 1 p.m. start Irish time, while the final game against Nigeria is underway at 11 o'clock. Uh, that's in Brisbane. All three games kick off at 8 p.m. in the respective local times. Michael and Kerry saying there should be uh, magazine shows right across the week, separate highlight shows, men's, women's, hurling football, all Ireland, Talchin Cup, uh, plenty of room and appetite for it. James in Moat says, GA hoping to break new territories, a pipe dream. Large swathes of Ireland don't care about hurling, for starters. I mean, there was that uh, wait till everybody sees hurling dream in 2014 and some initial tweets from Joey Barton. Have you seen this? You know, it's incredible, but I don't know if it did quite take over. It's not gonna. It's not gonna get you into the sport. I think you can have an appreciation. I like for it. And as Texter said, half of Ireland has that when it comes to hurling. You know, um, a lot of sport is what you grow up with and what you've watched all your life, rather than coming across something as an adult that doesn't translate for most people. It's a fair point. I mean, 
I never thought that, and as much I'm sure the GA would honestly tell you that it was a big part of the Sky deal. I never thought it was a huge reason for it. It was just another broadcaster coming in with something different, and look, it was a byproduct that it was available. And look, I mean, it's not always about who's watching it in England who doesn't ever watch GA before. There's yeah. an awful lot of Irish people who live in the UK that it became. Look, it was always a deal for um for like rights for the GEA in the UK and in other territories but it became a lot easier for mm. people for I, for a long was time a you dispute know? over that I remember having Paul Rouse in and we were talking about it and he had uh, clocked the numbers and this that deal made it trickier financially more expensive okay because people could just buy their individual yeah. like yeah, Satanta yeah. deal or whatever it was at the time yeah it okay. wasn't like they were uh, delighted with that over in the UK okay Fair way they had been doing it but look I know they're into football as well yeah I'm not, I'm, I'm, to be fair I'm not over there I'm not quite sure how it all worked out but that was definitely a point made at the time in, in answer to the sense that this will make it much easier and much uh, more straightforward yeah. in the UK but I did think most of it was about it was like it was following on from TV3 at the time their share of the rights you know and that it was it was taking away RT's monopoly and I felt like it was just the follow on from that and it was these games that were available outside of RTE's package were went to Sky for these number of years that, that it has, the eight years. And I thought I thought it was always more to do with just another offering rather than necessarily this kind of like expats or growing the game. No, totally. Issue. Yeah. That wasn't, I don't think that was the primary driver. So uh, there's a report into Qatar, Richie, on the eve of the World Cup. Yeah, it's found that members of Qatar's LGBTQ plus community were being detained and physically abused by the country's security services as recently as last month. Human Rights Watch has highlighted a number of cases where gay people were ill-treated while in detention. Homosexuality is illegal in the country that will host the World Cup from next month and the Qatari government has called the allegations unequivocally false. Uh, there is news expected in Donegal then this evening. Uh, there is. First of that though, uh, news of Aston Villa because it seems as if they have themselves a new manager sacking Steven Gerrard, of course, in the wake of that defeat to Fulham last week. Uh, Fabrizio Romano reporting that sources uh, close to Villarreal feel that Unai Emery will leave the club in the coming hours, mm. and he is accepted, uh, expected even to accept the role as Aston Villa manager. Talks are at final stages, with Villa prepared to pay the €6 million Euro release clause for the former Arsenal boss. Interesting. Uh, so Interesting. Do you want to give me an uh, angry fan reaction or what do you want to no do? no angry fan reaction. I'm surprised. I, I saw this like four seconds before Richie just brought it up there because uh, we got a text about it and, and I just went to look it up. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought they were going to go after the sporting manager who, look, I don't think was interested and seems like a next big thing. Uh, I never even fully learned his name. Unfortunately, it all happened and went so quick. But uh, Unai Emery has tended to do better when... You know, Spanish has been the first language of the dressing room, I think, is something that people thought was, you know, fair to say after he went to Villarreal after Arsenal. But good record. Uh, I don't know, as I don't actually have a a, a full uh, thought on this yet. But, uh, yeah, it's someone that we know is a good coach and could do a good job there. But it is also... I would say his record in England wasn't spectacular. So It wasn't. It was a degree of rehabilitation about winning the Europa League and doing a good job at Villarreal so yeah absolutely yeah look you'll be hard to beat you won't concede many goals it'll be uh, 
Very sensible football you no, can look forward to. But they went 4-0 at the weekend and played really attacking football and, you know. The shackles were off. The shackles well, were off. They're going off back on. I know. 4-5-1. Do you know what? Settle Isn't in. that terrible that I don't even know, I don't even remember that much specifically about Uno Emery's, uh, you know, tactical uh, game plan. Sensible. But my first thought was negative. Yeah. As in, not negative to the negative, negative, uh, negative approach. Safety yeah. first. Yeah. Okay. Uh, buckle up. You're going to love the next uh, 18 months. <sighs> So, pragmatic. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good evening. So, Donegal, then, are, we're expecting to get word on the new management team this evening, is it? Yeah, I'm just after checking there. Not through yet, but it should come tonight that, that Donegal's footballer should finally have a new manager or a new management team. That is, the combination of Aidan O'Rourke and Paddy Carr will be put to a county committee meeting today, tonight for ratification. Donegal without a boss, of course, since Declan Bonner stepped down back in July. Now, it's not every day this island produces a world number one in anything, uh, let alone for the ninth time. Yeah, Rory McIlroy back to world number one, having retained his CJ Cup title last night. Three consecutive rounds of 67 in South Carolina. Saw McIlroy top the field on 17 under, under par, a shot clear of Kurt Kitayama. Last year's CJ Cup marked an upturn in McIlroy's form, and he was emotional after last night's win. You know, this this tournament last year was was the start of me trying to build myself back up to to this point i had a really rough rider cup you know i've i've talked about that at length um i think i was outside the top 10 in the world you know i it's not a position that i'm used to being in and i think just the the steady climb back up to the the summit of world golf uh and and what it takes right what it takes and it's not just me it's it's everyone that's that's a part of my team. It's 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 not a solo effort, uh, and I just think about everyone that's that's made a that's made a difference in my life. Obviously, not over the last 12 months, but ever. But it's it's you know just thinking over that last 12 months. There's a lot of people that deserve a lot of the plaudits, and you know I'm the one that sits up here and and takes them. But there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that um, people don't know about, and and all of that stuff combined is is just as important as as what I do out there trying to trying to get these wins it's been an extraordinary turnaround and to get to world number one without winning a major which offers a ton of ranking points yeah. obviously uh, speaks volumes he's been exceptional he's turned it around in a way I wasn't so sure he was going to I was getting very worried about 18 months ago I thought mm. the fire was dwindling and there were just unsolvable issues with putting and increasingly wedge play and wedge play really costs you at Augusta. People talk about his putting and that's going to be a big issue. But you can't not be in control of your wedge play at Augusta because you'd be off every green. Mm. And uh, Nick Fowler used to always say that. It's his wedge play at Augusta that's killing him. And then the putting was on the floor. I mean, there were times he was the 200 ranked putter out there. And that's a difficult thing to sort out. Like, it's such a weird science yeah. putting. It's not even a science. It's an art. And he has sorted them both out and consistently so. It's not just that he's streakily good now and has good weeks and bad weeks. He's always very consistent with his wedge playing, with his putting. And he feels more complete than the kid who just came out hot and excited and free-flowing and won those four majors in the blink of an eye. He's now a ton of scar tissue. He's had to work through things, figure things out very consciously. And he now feels more resilient and he'll be able to win various kinds of majors. So I'd say last couple of years... You could see him like blitzing a major maybe and winning just on sheer talent if he had a good four days. Whereas now I think we're looking at a, a period where much like this year, where he was in the top 10 in every single major and had the best cumulative score across the four majors. 
I think now that is going to be Rory next year. I think he'll be in the top five in every major, mm. and there's a good chance well. he wins one. He just needs a little bit of luck. Yeah, because it doesn't. It, that's what I was saying to you earlier. Like it just sometimes that can happen that it just doesn't come together. Majors are hard to win for loads of different reasons, and luck yeah. is a huge part of them. But. I find it interesting that it's his ninth time as world number one. I was sort of surprised to see that. But it is, I think, the first time that I think we can almost categorically say he's the best golfer in the world at the moment. You know, like, it feels to me like this has been nine, ten months of Roy McIlroy being the best out there. Mm. And it's, it's, it's built up to this. Now, I'm sure we know he's been among the best at all times, but I, I just I don't know whether he's always been as far ahead of everybody else as he's think, been this season I think potentially to be fair he has like in 14 and what you would say then was if he played his best he was the best nobody could catch him whereas now he's even he's got like a, he's got a B game that's so much better than his B game of old so, and he can yeah. win in different ways it doesn't, it doesn't just I can see him now winning look he didn't against Cam Smith at the uh, Open but you can see him winning tight tussles as opposed to winning by eight shots which he did in two majors you know so it's just more complete mm. more mature he's 33 Phil Mickelson hasn't won a major at this age so you now think this you know all going well touch wood no new Tiger Woods emerging he is a yeah. hell of a shot at getting to six surpassing Faldo as the best European golfer you know yeah and look to look, not to state the obvious as well but for it to come on the back of a year when his off course um work has been so prominent as well and the way he's been the voice of the PGA Tour in standing up to live golf and yeah. the voice of reason in some ways for golf in general in a, in a sport that doesn't often lend itself to voices of reason um, the fact that that has coincided with probably the most consistent or best form of his career is amazing because I think if you were to ask me two years ago or I was to ask you two years ago is Rory McIlroy someone who gets distracted by off course stuff or by the different things, we might, we might, you know, we might throw that at him. Mm. Maybe it wasn't fair, but I think that that was a perception. And for him to be able to do both at the same time this year is remarkable. Yeah, I think he's thriving on it. He's a yeah. show off. <laughs> he is. Yeah, he's always been a show off in yeah. the best possible way. He's a real look at me, look what I can do. He's an alpha, and so I think everyone talking about him is almost the leader of the PGA Tour, Helps which in him. effect he is. I think that's an extra bit of swagger. Oh, there's the pressure on as well, though. So it's interesting the way he, he takes it. No, it's true. Because, I mean, yeah. like, you look like a fool if you're in the media shooting your medal every week and then you're shooting 15 over. Because then everyone's going to say, well, concentrate on what's important. So, yeah, it is impressive. Uh, we're pretty much out of time. Once we start talking golf, Richie, you were done for. I know. Yeah. <laughs> interesting <laughs> passerby. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Mick McCarthy, thank you.